Hello everybody, hello and welcome to Essex Church where this community known as Kensington Unitarians meets each Sunday morning and for other activities during the week. This community is created by people walking through our doors. So whether you are someone who's been here for many years with us or someone who still feels quite new, whether you're an occasional visitor or someone who is experiencing Unitarian worship for the first time, you're welcome here today. Let's take a moment to gather ourselves, to bring all aspects of ourselves fully here now. We come from different directions to this place. We bring our joys and our concerns that are unique to us, unique to our life's journey. But here, we join those joys and concerns together, and the warmth of our community is expressed in these opening words. With thankful hearts, we join together this morning, celebrating the bounty of the day, basking in the warmth of a community, sharing with friends the tides of our lives entertaining perennially our hopes for a better future. We join together this morning, as always, to resist injustice and inequality wherever they may be found. Our hearts are touched by the human need we feel around us, whether far away or within reach of a hand. And we join here to be together because this is how we believe our lives are best lived. In questioning and in conversation, in compassion and in service, in gratitude and in joy, in companionship and in love. It's good to be together with you this morning. And I'm going to light our chalice. Lovely to think of this as a, a worldwide symbol of our Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist faith. And I light it in recognition of the hands of fellowship that reach out from other communities the world over. Let us be the people who remember that our connections, forged by our common humanity, they're greater than any borders. Welcome. Welcome to you all. It said that a long time ago, a young man decided that he really wanted to know about heaven and hell. Do you know, if, if heaven was going to be just people sitting on clouds in white outfits playing harps, not that bothered, and hell, well, if it's just one big bonfire, not too interested in either of them. So he decided to do his research and ask. So he decided to ask God, and for once, God answered and said, come with me on a journey. I'll show you heaven. I'll show you hell. And so off they went on a journey. And they went, first of all, to the door marked hell. And on first sight, the young man thought, well, this isn't looking too bad at all. There was a wonderful table laid out a complete feast, the most delicious foods, everything, all your favourite foods were laid there. But then when he looked more closely, the people were sitting a few feet back from the table and looking really miserable 
and also looking like they'd not had a good meal in weeks and weeks and weeks. And then he spotted what was the matter. They'd all got incredibly long spoons joined onto their arms from the armpit, and it meant that all they could do was reach out their spoons like that. And when they tried to get the food in their mouths, it just wasn't possible. That was hell, seeing all that party food and not being able to eat a mouthful. Well, I wonder what heaven's like then. And so the young man walked over to the doors of heaven, which were incredibly close to Jim over there on the front row. And the people there had the same party food laid out in front of them. But instead of trying to feed themselves and getting nothing, what were they doing, Jim? They were feeding one another. <laughs> so if ever we're in doubt about heaven and hell, let's try feeding one another instead of ourselves. Thank you very much, Tyler. I hope you can get that off sometime. <laughs> so should we join in a time of prayer and reflection now? Our theme today is the power of human touch. And so let's call now on a power that transcends us all. Whatever that means for you, the God of your hearts, your understanding. And may that be with us in all we say and do this day. Let's give thanks for all our senses that tell us so much about the world around us the wondrous taste and smell and sound and sight and touch of it all. Let's give thanks for what it feels like to be alive on a good day. Let's give thanks that we can touch and be touched, reaching out to others and being reached out to. Let's give thanks that we can be touched emotionally. That we feel the experiences of others. And that others can know us in that way. Let's, let's hold in our hearts all those for whom touch is an issue with difficulties all who are bereaved, who miss the touch of a special other, those who spend more time alone than they might wish, for all those who've been touched against their will, whose lives are shaped by exploitation and unkindness, whose rights to choose how they will be touched have been denied. May all such wounds and burdens be made easier by the healing, loving presence of those who care. And let's spend some time now in silent thought and prayers for those in pain and fear this day, those who are trapped in situations
They want to leave. And, and may all of us this day have our spirits lifted by being alive on this good earth in springtime. May the caress of air upon our cheeks remind us that we are part of all that exists, this day and all days. Amen. Now this is a poem for the senses by John O'Donoghue. May the touch of your skin register the beauty of the otherness that surrounds you. May your listening be attuned to the deeper silence where sound is honed to bring distance home. May the fragrance of the breathing meadow refresh your heart and remind you you're a child of the earth. And when you partake of food and drink, may your taste quicken to the gift and sweetness that flows from the earth. May your inner eye see through the surfaces and glean the real presence of everything that meets you. May your soul beautify the desire of your eyes, that you might glimpse the infinity that hides in the simple sights that seem worn to your usual eyes. Our, our theme for this month of May is connection and the idea of touch came immediately to mind when I thought about connection. For of course it's through our sense of touch that we encounter the other. We connect with all that is out there in the world and through touch we bring the information back into ourselves to interpret what we're experiencing. Um, some of you know I spend far too much time lying down on the sofa listening to Radio 4 programmes. And I wonder if any of you have found some programmes called The Uncommon Senses. It, they're still available on iPlayer, or at least they were this morning. And they're just so fascinating. Uh, but they might not be there for much longer because they were on over a month ago. They're really worth the listen. Um, the programme explains that our old understanding of the five human senses has been superseded. 
it's now thought that we have up to 32 sensors all working together to help us build a clear understanding of this world in which we live. We trust our sense of touch generally, don't we, to tell us what is going on. We have that saying of um, feeling is believing. And if we think about touch for a moment, we can start to think of all that touch can tell us. Touch might hurt. It might feel pleasurable. It tells us of temperature and pressure. Think of the difference between a firm tap on the shoulder, that fear that you might have done something wrong, or a gentle squeeze of your arm, or a stroke of your hand. We have different nerve pathways for each of these experiences, leading eventually to different parts of the brain for processing. But it takes quite a long time, at least in nerve terms, for a message to get to the brain. So if we touch a cooking pot that's too hot and quickly move away, that decision to retreat is made by neural bundles in our spine. It's never reached our brain. Only later do we think, that was really stupid of me. Why did I do that? And the places on our bodies where we have the most sensors for touch are our fingers and our lips. No wonder then that the touch of a hand is such an exp important experience for us. No wonder that we use that term, I am touched, to express our ability to be moved by another person emotionally. No wonder that someone holding our hand can bring us such comfort. When you think of hand holding, do particular memories come to mind for you, I wonder? Most of my hand holding memories seem to be with loved ones nearing the ends of their lives, of reaching out to soothe a brow or, or ease a painful moment of holding hands with children and then that awful time of rejection which I hope none of you have experienced when they grow old enough to be embarrassed by holding a parent or grandparent's hand and when you reach out for them they go and won't hold your hand anymore holding hands with someone who has learning difficulties and doesn't experience that embarrassment as too many of us do holding hands with old friends and new lovers. So many different experiences of the touch of a hand. I don't know if you remember the furore when uh, Princess Diana reached out to shake hands with a patient who had AIDS. With that simple gesture, which I think was back in the late 80s or early 90s, with that simple gesture, she removed great barriers of misinformation. This was the time when there was still such prejudice against people who were HIV positive and such misunderstanding of how the illness was transmitted. Do you remember people were told to wear gloves? Ugh, but Diana was clearly better informed and far more open-hearted. That one photo helped change public perception of AIDS as an illness. That one handshake did more than any public information campaign to explain how HIV was and was not transmitted. 
We can touch people far away from us as well, can't we? I've always been really impressed by Amnesty International's letter-writing campaigns, where ordinary people are encouraged to write letters of support to prisoners of conscience from around the world. I was looking online the other day, um, and, and there were many to choose from, but this one touched me. She's now free. Fio Fio Ang um, was imprisoned as a young human rights defender in Myanmar. She was the secretary general of one of um, the country's largest student unions. And uh, she and 50 other students were arrested by police for a peaceful demonstration and against an education law that limited their freedoms. She was charged with a huge range of offences, including taking part in an unlawful assembly and inciting the public to commit offences against the state. And at one point, she was facing at least nine years imprisonment. Amnesty's letter-writing campaign helped to free her and to change government opinion. She writes, Thank you very much, each and every one of you, not just for campaigning for my release and for the release of the other prisoners, but for helping to keep our hope and our beliefs alive. Your messages of support helped us know we are not alone. It's another form of touch, isn't it? Stephen Mitchell, poet and translator of the Tao Te Ching, writes that the point of all spiritual practice is to wake up from the dream of the separate self. To wake up from the dream of the separate self. We know, don't we, most of us, that everyday life can feel so very isolating. That is the nature of human existence. That's why we have to keep reaching out to one another and be allowing, allowing others to reach out to us. And that's why a community like this and so many other communities continues to be important in our world. We get to share our stories. We are reminded we're not alone. We create together a space in which we can reach out and connect at a level that is comfortable for us. No more, no less. We can try out our ideas. We can hear other points of view. From ancient times, human beings have held images of being part of a great interconnected, um, interconnected web of existence. So I thought I'd um, end this address with a, a piece of guided imagery. It's written by Amy Zucker Morgenstern, who's a UU minister in California, and she's a friend of this congregation. I thought you might like this image. She explains that the Hindu god Indra is said to have created reality as a great net. Imagine a great net with jewels at each intersection of the threads. Every jewel is reflected in every other and they're all connected by infinite, intricate web of reality. The jewels are sacred and so is the net that connects them. And that idea led her, to, led her to write this prayer. You who are the between spaces of our lives, 
Where one hand reaches to touch another, you are there. Where eyes meet across the crowd and confusion and find understanding, you are there. When the spark leaps from one mind to ignite another, that spark is you. Wherever we connect, you are the connection. Each of us is a jewel in Indra's net, shining like dew in a spider's web. Praise to you, the web that connects us one to another. When we are in the in-between, on our way perhaps from the intolerable to the unknown, when we defy the categories that small minds invent and dare to imagine something beyond. When we seek others who are on a journey, on a threshold, on the margins, in any of the shimmering intersections of our lives. When we listen to the possibilities whispered within and step into mystery, with trust, with fear, with trembling. May we find peace, for we dwell in your sacred place. Amen. Amen. And so, may the deeds we do with our hands and the words we speak with our lips and the thoughts we think with our minds and the things we feel in our hearts, may they at all times be worthy of this gift of life we have been given. Amen. Go well and blessed be.